Good morning and welcome to the uh, morning service stream here at Forsyth Baptist Church. Uh, I want to, first of all, thank you all for tuning in. If this is your first time, uh, you're a very special and honored guest. Um, and if you have any questions about any of the goings on at the church, you can find us on social media on Facebook at Forsyth Baptist Church. You can also check out our website, fhbcathens.org. Now, before I pass it over to uh, Brother Mike, uh, I do want to uh, just run through a few announcements that we have uh, this week. Uh, first thing, uh, unfortunately, with the COVID-19 and the quarantine that is because of that, uh, we are having to cancel our Family Night Supper that was originally scheduled in April. Uh, we are hoping to be able to schedule one for May, but in the meantime, just kind of hold tight and keep an eye out for any um, correspondence from the church, and we'll be keeping you all updated on that. Uh, next up, uh, we are still collecting donations for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. Uh, if you have any donations that you would like to make, you can mail those to the church at 1155 Oglethorpe Avenue, Athens, Georgia, 30606. Again, that, or that address is 1155 Oglethorpe Avenue, Athens, Georgia, 30606. Uh, we are unfortunately having to put a hold on collections for our Operation Christmas Child, uh, but we do encourage that you all keep looking uh, either on Amazon or some other online service uh, to look for items that you could put into the Operation Christmas Child boxes uh, once we are able to gather again. Uh, lastly, if you need any help or anything during this time, uh, we do ask that you reach out to your deacons. Uh, or if you are a, uh, someone who found us online and just have any questions about the church, again, you can find us on social media, on Facebook at Forest Heights Baptist Church. You can also send us an email at info at fhbcathens.org. Uh, now, before I pass it over to Brother Mike, I do want to just have a quick word of prayer, so if you will bow with me. Uh, hey, God, just thank you for this day and this wonderful opportunity that we have to just be able to come before you and study your word. Uh, I pray that you just be with Brother Mike as he brings the message. Uh, I just pray that you would just speak through him and that you uh, prepare our hearts for his message. Um, and as we go throughout our weeks with everything that's been going on, God, uh, I just pray that you would just be with us. I know that this quarantine time has been a struggle for a lot of us, uh, but I know that you can bring us through it, God. Uh, we love you and we praise you for everything. Uh, and it's in your son's name that I pray. Amen. First of all, I want to say uh, thank you to David and Ben for helping in this recording. They've done such a tremendous job. And I know that you want to give them a hand. We can't hear it, but uh, they, they know that you uh, appreciate this uh, by uh, viewing it and, and tuning into it. And I also want to thank uh, Daniel for working with them and also uh, doing this web conference. We just got off of it, and, and uh, it, it was uh, wonderful this week. I think we had 16 people, and, and uh, Jackie uh, Moser was on there. So uh, that was tremendous. Uh, she tuned in. So I know that all of you can. She said that uh, Daniel showed her, so all of you can do it. And we'll be looking forward to seeing you next week. We need to... Pray together and, and uh, stay together, and this is one way to do it. And so uh, I appreciate that. But today we're going to be looking at the same passage we looked at uh, last week and a different uh, verses than last week, and we'll be focusing in on it. It's a three-part series. And uh, as we uh, turn in our Bibles to Matthew chapter 16, we'll be looking at I'll be reading again verses 13 through 20. 
It says, Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he began asking his disciples, saying, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, uh, Well, some say John the Baptist, and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he warned the disciples that they should not tell anyone that he was the Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. And thank you for what you're going to do uh, with your word and this message to touch our lives and our hearts. And so I just pray that you will do the instructing, you will do the convicting, you will do the leading, you will do the encouraging. And we will rejoice and honor you and glorify you by uh, thanking you for working in our lives and by being obedient uh, by way of you uh, leading us to make the decisions that we need to make. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We look, what makes a church great? I'm going to have to stand still. So, <laughs> What makes a church great? Well, if I ask that question like I asked you last week, uh, we would, you know, we get a lot of different answers, and the answers are probably good. I mean, you you talk about, well, we we've got a wonderful building to meet in. Well, that's great. Uh, we've got, um, you know, ministries. Uh, we've got a wonderful Sunday school class. Man, I just love my Sunday school class. Uh, we've got a wonderful teacher, and we've got, you know, a wonderful youth ministry or wonderful children's ministry, wonderful choir. Uh, all of these, and all of these are good things as far as ministries and good things as far as uh, methods by which God uses to carry out His work. But are these things what makes a church great? Last week we talked about the first thing that made church great, and that was the founder. In other words, the one who builds it. Jesus said uh, to uh, the disciples about the church, He said, uh, upon this uh, rock I will build my church. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. So, as we look at this, uh, we're looking at a living organism a divine institution, a living organism that has been birthed from above. And uh, Jesus, when he, uh, Jesus asked them and said, or answered them, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, and that means son of John, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock, 
I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overpower it. Jesus said upon this rock, we've come to a part in this passage that has brought about a lot of confusion, not because God wanted us to be confused, but it's because of man's lack of understanding. And so we, uh, we want to correct any misconceptions and we want to try and, and help each other to understand what he's uh, saying here and, and what is meant here. When he said, upon this rock, talking to Peter, but yet addressing the disciples because the, uh, the word earlier it, that he used uh, when he says, and I also say to you that uh, the word there uh, he uses throughout this, uh, this revealing and, and asking and, and testing them was uh, a word that dealt with the disciples. Who do you say I am? And that was a plural. Uh, and so um, Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, does the rock mean Peter or something connected to Peter? And this is where people get confused. And it's so very important to understand the foundation and what the foundation is to make the church great. We know the founder and that founder, I will build my church, is Jesus. Now we must find out what the foundation is because the foundation also works along with the founder in the sense of making this church great. First of all, we need to ask ourselves, what kind of rock was Peter? If it, you know, there, there is um, a group who believes that succession uh, from Peter all the way down has been given to them, uh, un, you know, uh, undenied, uncut, uh, as far as the authority over the church. And they're the ones who have the authority over the church. But, uh, and it goes all the way back to Peter. But is this what is being taught here? What kind of rock is Peter? Is he the material to build upon uh, that would be stable and secure and unshakable? What kind of rock does Peter act like? We can go to the scripture there and, and you know, let's just examine a few places in scripture concerning Peter as a rock. When he was uh, confronted during the trial of, of Christ and he... Uh, uh, the trial is going on with Christ and he's outside and, and some people come to him and say, aren't you the one that's uh, one of his disciples? Well, then, you know, he denies the Lord. And the Lord told him that he was going to deny him. And he denies the Lord three different times. And then uh, not only that, but what happened after Christ was crucified? Did he stay in Jerusalem? No, he went back and and he went to fishing, and, and uh, some of the other disciples followed him and went with him. What did Peter do uh, when, uh, uh, or say when, uh, you know, he, uh, the Lord rebuked him as far as calling him Satan? He, Peter, you know, he said, you know, all the others might, uh, uh, you know, uh, deny you, but I won't. And then he did not want Christ to go that route even. And so Jesus turns to him in Matthew later on in this, uh, this chapter and he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. 
You are a stumbling block to me, for you are not setting your mind on God's interest, but man's. Well, you might say, that's before Pentecost, so. Well, after Pentecost, when the Spirit of God came to dwell in him, just like with the other believers, Paul had to rebuke Peter for uh, acting uh, wrongly concerning Gentiles and the teaching of the gospel for the Gentiles. Not only that, but there was uh, no place in the New Testament where Peter is talked about as having a role of being head over the church or anything equivalent to that. It teaches contrary to that. The, the leader of the Gentiles turns out to be the Apostle Paul, uh, not Peter. And the leader in Jerusalem, in the Jerusalem church, to the Jews turned out to be James and not Peter. Now, don't take it the wrong way. Peter takes on a very important role in the New Testament. But you do not have him taking on the central role. And if you think the rock is referring to Peter, then you have some problems. If the church is to be established on Peter, then we are on shaky grounds. Now, what does Jesus mean when he says, on this rock, I will build my church. Well, it's the same basic form in, in Greek, but I mean, uh, same word, but different forms. And he used the different forms for a reason here. Uh, Jesus told Simon, you are Peter, Petros, and it's masculine, meaning rock. On this rock, Petra, feminine, meaning a slab of rocks, forming one great rock. I will build my church. With the words differing in form, it's reasonable probably to understand that Jesus' statement meant that Peter was one rock among many quarry of rocks to form the disciples or the living stones. Even Peter said it was upon this quarry of disciples, these stones, uh, uh, that he, Jesus would... Uh, form his church or build his church and their understanding of Peter's confession that Jesus would build the church was part of it it's a major part of it so they had been discussing the topic who Christ was and the disciples were in agreement on the person of Christ they became the leaders and foundation stones of the church through this confession this fits with the interpretation that the Apostle Paul has in Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. He says the church is God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole stone building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord a dwelling in which God lives by His Spirit. It seems that Jesus was saying that Peter would be the first, and this is so very important, among equals, not above anyone else, not greater than anyone else, but among equals in the history of Jesus' church. And Peter would be the initial spokesman among those who would become the custodians of the revealed truth about Jesus' identity. The heart of the, uh, of the revealed gospel. In Acts, we have Peter as the first spokesman 
at the day of Pentecost. But after Acts 12, it seems that, that Peter uh, is, has faded into the background and Paul has gained the prominence. This lets us know that Peter, while unique as the uh, outspoken leader of the first church stones, was not any more significant than other devoted followers of Jesus. Now, Jesus called the church my church. That's why it's great. It's not Peter's church. It's not my church. It's not anybody else's church. We're a part of it. We make it up. It's the Lord's church. That would mean that he paid the price for these stones. He died on Calvary's cross so that we could be formed into his body. He would be their means of entrance into this new community of faith believers. These called out ones what the church means. And since he is a founder, then he is the one whom they should follow. Not necessarily any one individual, but him and the Word of God that he's left us with. So uh, his principles are to be represented by the church. Paul likened the church to a human body with many parts knit together to form one whole in 1 Corinthians 12, 12. Now, Paul's analogy is different than this in, in um, Matthew, but the point is the same. So Jesus is telling disciples and us that the church is not built just on Peter. It is not just built on the disciples, although they were the first and forming the, the very beginning, the, for, uh, the foundation. It is built on all who believe in Christ as Savior, who confess Jesus as Peter, the Christ, and the other disciples, the Son of the living God. The key is not the disciples being the foundation. They were the beginning part, but the first to confess. The key is what makes uh, uh, that the foundation. You see, what brings that foundation and building together is Christ being the chief cornerstone. It is belief in Him. Belief in Him as the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that statement takes on a unique and powerful message. It takes on a, a powerful confession. And so, second of all, we know it's not Peter uh, that Jesus is referring to here because of using the different forms of the same word. And I mentioned that, uh, rock. It can't be referring to a certain denomination. Peter even described in his own writing the church as living stones that are being built up as spiritual house in 1 Peter 2.5. That does not mean that Peter did not play, as I said earlier, a major role, major part in building the church under the, the Spirit's guidance and leadership. Jesus did address Peter as a central figure in the church establishment, but he is not the center. Third, Jesus told Peter, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. What is Jesus referring to here? 
If you look back at chapter 16, verse 13, where Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say that John the Baptist, others Elijah, still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. You know, the people were at least thinking biblically with their answers. You, gave, you give the same kind of a, a test today or question today, and you ask the people, you know, who did Jesus say, or who do you say Jesus is? A lot of them would say, he's a good teacher. He's a good person. He's a good moral figure. But these people were biblically, they were just biblical in their answers. They were just biblically wrong. Uh, the people were looking for someone who would take up the baton of these mentioned. One of these men and carry on their mission. And, and his mission and ministry in some ways were similar to all these. But they wanted that leader to come and deliver them from the Roman rule and set up that kingdom. So they were looking more for that political leader. And to see differently, different than what they were, how they were viewing Jesus, they needed help. And this is why Jesus said, you're able to see me differently. You're able to confess me the way that you need to. Because my Father has revealed it to you. But who do you say I am? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is what Jesus is referring to when he said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now this belief statement that Peter has, that all of us need to have to come into God's uh, body, to be a part of the body, to be a part of the church, to be a part of the family of God, is, is an awesome confession. He's saying that Jesus Christ is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. You say, but others kind of recognized him that way, as the Messiah, the Son of David. But he goes further. He puts not only the human together, I mean there, but he also puts the divine there, the Son of the living God. And they had not had that before. The confession by Peter was powerful. It contained the concept of the Messiah, the Savior of the world, the one who would reign upon the throne of David forever, plus something else that needs to be seen with it, and that is deity, because man could not die for man because man was sinful. Jesus came. And Jesus came to this earth and was conceived by the Holy Spirit without sin. He became all man and remained all God and lived that perfect life so that he could meet the just demands of his Father. He who knew no sin was able to die on the cross, became sin for us, so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, the confession in Christ, his teachings and his ministry are brought out in this confession that Peter had. It's through Christ, by Christ, and in Christ that we enter into his body, the church, that we become part of the building. What makes a church great? Going back to what I mentioned earlier, 
location? Didn't mention that. Oh man, they talk about having the right location. That's good. Programs, you need those. Ministries, music, preaching, Sunday school, outreach, fellowship, all of those are good. But if you look at every one of them that I mentioned, they are all wonderful, but they are not the secret to having a great church. The secret is the founder with its foundation. What is the foundation? The foundation is belief and confession in Jesus Christ. He and his teachings must be the center in all the ministries of the church, or the church will begin to wobble and, 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 and shake, uh, for the foundation will begin to crack if it's not solid. The only solid foundation for the church to be built upon is Jesus Christ. And he is the chief cornerstone for the church's foundation and its building. Building the church begins by confessing Christ as Savior and Lord. If we're not careful, that brings us in to that body of believers. And if we're not careful, we'll think that a great church, going back to what I mentioned earlier, is location or programs or Sunday school or, or whatever else we might offer. But the reason that they don't make the church great, they're needed and they help in making the church great. God can use them. But if you think about it, people can be a part of all those things and not be a part of the church. It's belief in Christ along with who He is and what He's done. That's the foundation. We have many things going on. And we're enjoying many things. But you can do these many things and enjoy these many things without honoring Christ. To honor Christ, we've got to start by realizing that He is the builder of His church. That He is the foundation, the cornerstone by which every stone is fitted together. And that starts by having that kind of confession that Peter had. Recognizing Him as Savior and Lord. Seeing Him as the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. He is the Messiah. And He is God's Son, Deity. As we continue to honor Christ, as a church, we must honor Him, realizing that and carrying out his agenda, his purpose. That makes him to be head over the church. When that happens, the church displays greatness because we're honoring the one who founded the church, the founder of the church, Jesus Christ, the foundation, that confession in him. Are you a part of it? Have you had that time where you recognized him as your Savior and Lord? If you have, are you helping make the church great by following through and carrying out his agenda for it, his purpose? Setting that goal that he has for it, 
and doing all that you can by the grace of God to make that happen. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Brother Mike, for bringing that message for us. Uh, I know I enjoyed it, and I hope that you did too. Uh, please be sure to join us again tonight as Brother Mike will be bringing another message, uh, this time as we continue through Esther. Uh, again, you can also find us on social media for any other announcements on Facebook at ForsythePaptistChurch.org. Uh, we'll also be posting any announcements on our website, fhbcathens.org. Thank you, and have a great rest of your day.